We're not going to succeed unless we have those people in the middle who get that climate change is real but just don't think about it very much, who are apathetic about it. We have to persuade them. Welcome to Sustainable 90. Would you have Adam and Eve did all their years ago when we started being your friendly little environment podcast all about people and the planet, would you have Adam and Eve that we'd be knocking on the door of 100? What are we talking about this week, Dave? We're talking about a thing called apathy, which is when no one cares. And Perfect. <laughs> basically, uh, there's a bloke who's written a book. The bloke is called Leo Barassi, and he's a very, very, very clever bloke. And what he's written a book about is how come most people know that climate change is happening but don't really care about it and what on earth do you do about it and it's dead interesting and we got hold of him on the blower on the old skype didn't we we did and we had a chat with him a couple of weeks ago so this is our chat willio and we talk about all sorts of stuff like about whether or not the left have ruined climate change for everyone else um, and how the blinking net you get people to care about themselves and also care about people not yet born in foreign countries far far away And just the usual disclaimers apply. Oh, I feel all nervous getting to say this bit. Uh, We do work for environmental charities. So if you've got any issues with our apathy, uh, take it up with us, not with the people we work for. Uh, Also, this book is written by Leo in his personal capacity, not as an employee of the people he works for. So any issues with what Leo says, take it up directly with him. So, uh, yeah, enjoy this. We did. Hope you will, too. If you don't, sod off and stop listening. Good, you haven't sorted off. On with it! <laughs> bod, 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 bod. So, hello, Leo. Hello, guys. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, how the devil are you? Um, who are you? And what have you written a book about? <laughs> who, who are you? Who are you? What are you doing? Hello, I am, my name is Leo Barassi and uh, I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, but I have written a book called The Climate Majority, which is about what people think about climate change. Um, in essence, it is looking at the things that we're going to need to do, we, the world, to stop dangerous climate change and how public opinion affects that and how it might stop the world doing what's needed. Why did you, what made you write that then? So I am an ex-pollster. I used to do polling for uh, political campaigns, private sector, for governments, for charities. Um, and I've worked in um, campaigns and specifically on climate change. And I've been kind of thinking about public opinion about climate change for the good part of a decade. And um, I guess I've kind of, the longer I've looked at it, the more I was thinking that the debate about it was just a bit rubbish. And <laughs> it is a bit rubbish. It, it's, it our, it's our fault mostly. I don't know what you mean. It's, it's nuanced. It's balanced. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, it's all your fault. What, what I came to, to, to reckon was 
when people think about what the public reckon about climate change, they think about, on the one hand, the, the people who are really, really worried about it. And on the other hand, the people who think that it's not happening and go on blogs and write that carbon dioxide is really good for you and say <laughs> that Al Gore is the devil and stuff like that. In hopes, uh, you mean? Inhofs, the in, the Inhofs of of the week of the months of the year, <laughs> very and good, they, very good. Um, and basically we keep on forgetting about the people who are in the middle. And I reckon it, it depends how you cut it, but something like fifty, sixty percent of people are somewhere in the middle. And uh, in my mind, they're the people whose views we should really be worrying about. It seems such a pity that the clear scientific fact of climate change is seldom expressed by people who don't seem at least a little bit pleased by it. So uh, what are their views and how do we influence them? And is, is that the heart of your book? Or, or well, what do you conclude, I guess, is the, is the end of that rambling question? Yeah, well, what, I, what I'm... Uh, sort of characterise their views as is uh, climate apathy. So uh, these aren't people who think that climate change is a hoax. They they get that it's real. They get that it's a problem. But for the most part, they just don't think about it very much. Mm. And uh, and that's a major issue. Um, and we can we can talk about why I think that's a problem. But um, you can you can I mean they're not they're not all one block. They're, there's you can you can split them into at least two different groups. And on the one hand, you've got people who genuinely do get that it's real and 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 are pretty worried about it. But they've just got other things they're worrying about. You know, they might they might be quite politically conscious, and you know, in in the US, they might be particularly worried about race relations. In the UK, housing might be their thing. Say. Um, and climate change is there, but it's just not something they really think about very much. Um, and then perhaps, you know, the other the other half of the group, say we're talking about maybe as much as a quarter of the public. Um, again, you know, they, they get they get that it's real. They don't they don't think that it's a hoax, but they perhaps think that sometimes it's a bit exaggerated and look, the world's dealing with it, isn't it? You know, it can't be that big a deal. It's gonna it's gonna be okay. You know, how much of a problem is it really? I mean, yeah, sure, it's gonna be bad, but uh, I don't need to spend that much time thinking about it. So is it, I mean, Ol and I, How we get very scared about climate change, don't we, Ol? We do, we get we get very, very scared in a sort of trouser-impacting kind of way. <laughs> so um, are we special? Are you special? And is, I mean, obviously we are. I mean, we are special, yeah, special snowflakes. <laughs> yeah. Is it, so are the people that don't, are they... Is there something that the people who don't get it just haven't got? Are they are they heartless bastards? Are they not scared enough? What is it that they that they don't get? Do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's not that they're in any way heartless. Um, I'm not even I'm not even convinced that it's right to say that that they don't get it. If you if you you know talk with them about it, they they they're often very well switched on. Um, I think it's it's about them not really having made the connection to uh, what it actually means. I think on the one hand, uh, what what the reality of climate change is going to be for for their lives, for uh, their families' lives, um, for the places that they live, and and on the other hand, and I think for a lot a lot of quite politically conscious people, I think this is the thing that's really lacking is understanding how hard it's going to be to deal with it um and this this sort of the more the more i look at public opinion and and the more i look at how climate change is often talked about the one of the things that worries me is uh we we us who are worried about climate change have found it 
um, really attractive to talk about all the great ways the world can cut emissions, all the nice things that it can do. So closing down horrible, dirty coal power stations and putting up lovely clean solar panels and wind turbines and stuff. Um, and that's great, but there's a bunch of quite hard things to do. And there's a lot of people who get that climate change is real, but just kind of don't think that it actually needs that much attention because they kind of have a clock that actually this is going to be a big deal and it's going to be a serious challenge for the world to do enough. There's there's a bunch of things that are pretty easy to deal with um, that can kind of just happen at the elite level that uh, governments and uh, secretive bureaucrats and stuff can just do. <laughs> I mean, closing down coal power stations, to be honest, uh, the public are broadly on board it. They don't like coal, but even if the public was kind of a bit more enthusiastic about coal, then it would probably have still happened then. That didn't need much public support. Mm. And that's fine. And setting rules to make sure fridges have to be more efficient, that's easy. No one really, okay, 20%, 25%, the, the crazies do object seriously, but I mean, they're not, they're not going to be stopping it. Well, the party who had an opinion poll done, it seems all the voters are in favour of bringing back national service. Well, I have another opinion poll done showing the voters are against bringing back national service. <laughs> but where the problem comes is when you have to say, um, deal with emissions from flying or emissions from meat. Now, I don't see how those things can happen with uh, quiet rules that, um, that are done in government departments that don't really have much public engagement. Because at some point, we're going to have to, unless we get really lucky on technology, which is possible, but I think unlikely, um, we're going to have to deal with the fact that emissions from flying are growing at a time when emissions from everything else are going to have to fall by a lot. And the same applies to meat. And I, I really don't see how we can deal with those other than by doing less of them. And those are things that are so ingrained in many people's day-to-day -day lives that we're not going to succeed unless we have those people in the middle who get that climate change is real, but just don't think about it very much, who are apathetic about it. We have to persuade them. We have to change their minds. We have to show them when the time comes for a politician to stand up and say, sorry, guys, you're going to have to fly less. When that happens, those people have to be ready to say, OK, I get it. It's a drag, but we're going to have to do it rather than I think what would happen at the moment, which is what are you on about? That's crazy. Why, why are you doing that, you green loony? I like the idea of persuading people that they should not take that flight because it will kill us all. That's a nice idea. I like that. Um, how do we do that then? Because <laughs> it and and also who's we? I mean, that's it. Like, so, so what's the strategy here? What what needs to happen? What the book does is it looks at why people are apathetic in the first place, and and sort of starts from there to to say, well, how can we tackle it? And uh, I mean, I'm just going to say, say at the outset that um, there's no uh, there's no secret. Uh, there's no magic words. There's no um, oh. one one one, one uh, clever trick you can do to uh, to to kill kill apathy. If there was, we'd have found it by now. Leo, uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, that was your job. <laughs> That's, this concludes the interview with you. <laughs> I failed. Um, but. 
there is look, there's a bunch of things that I think are the reasons behind apathy and that if we do something about have got a reasonable chance of making a difference. And um, there's there's a load of psychological factors why people are apathetic. And uh, I'm not the first person to, to have talked about these. Um, there are things like the way climate change is kind of feels quite slow and incremental in um, bizarrely, despite, you know, hottest year on record year after year um and um but it sort of it feels a bit distant and sort of unreal um and i think a lot of people have looked at that and said well it's just climate change is going to be really hard we can't persuade people but what i'm saying is actually there's a lot of stuff you can do about that and you can talk about climate change differently in a way that gets people's attention and is much more relatable to their day-to-day lives so uh talk uh, stopping talking about for example, two degrees of global warming or four degrees of global warming, because people don't get that. Um, we did a poll uh, with the website Carbon Brief, uh, look at that, and uh, people think that climate change doesn't start getting uh, dangerous until about seven or eight degrees of global warming. So if you try and threaten that four degrees is is on the way, uh, which is a threshold that would be absolutely terrifying by the end of the century and would be truly apocalyptic, then a lot of people are hearing that and thinking, oh, it doesn't sound so bad. So the simple things you can do in terms of language to sort of relate it to people's everyday lives and show that this isn't about polar bears or it's not just about polar bears and melting ice caps and stuff. This is about our, our way of life. But, but Leo, isn't, isn't there... So, so if the opposite is true, instead of talking about two degrees, you talk about catastrophic climate change or whatever, doesn't that have its own problems? Because people who are the sort of people, you know, like my parents who are like, oh, come on, dear, don't be so miserable all the time. It's not that bad. Or, they, or they shit the bed and go to sleep. No, that's <laughs> not right. But you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but if you start talking about catastrophic climate change, they're either so terrified they can't do anything about it or they think you're being over the top. So you go back to talking about two degrees in more rational terms at which point as you say they're not that fast i it feels to me like a catch-22 um do you think that's fair uh, yeah i think it's fair but i think there are two different answers uh, or two there are two different problems you're talking about there so um do you start do you sound un implausibly catastrophicist or re- really scaremongering or uh, however we want to describe it if if you say extreme uh, disastrous awful climate change well it, it depends who we're talking about i mean if if it's uh, if it's someone who looks and sounds like a, a kind of environmental campaigner who would say that kind of thing then yeah there's there is a problem there but there's a lot of uh, more credible people who uh, climate scientist types who can convey that message and can be believed if they if they go there with the the evidence to back it up which we know that evidence does exist so that's that's an argument that uh, i don't think is is uh, all that difficult to get right i think the the other side of your question is um, the sort of well if you tell people it's going to be so bad they're going to switch off um i think that is that is a problem and the other half or another part at least of of my argument and what the book suggests is we need to uh, to balance that with uh, a bit of optimism about the potential for dealing with it and what a world in which we have dealt with it looks like. Because I think you're absolutely right. If we just say it's awful, it's impossible, we're all going to die, then it's pretty hard to engage people with that. And, you know, it's it's kind of understandable uh, that, that a lot of people aren't going to want to engage with it. But 
actually if you say it's really bad if we don't do anything but look we can do something here's here's a solution and it's worth it because we can make our lives better by dealing with it well you've got something a bit more interesting to say there so I've read your book, which I do think is very interesting. And one of the things, I think there's a lot of stuff in it that a lot of people I know would get a bit miffed about. And by people I know, I mean, you know, other people that work for environmental campaigning. Other weirdos. Other weirdos, yeah. Well, I think the main one of which is when you basically, I'm going to put unfair words into your mouth that you can then remove and throw back into my face. But it feels like you're having a bit of a pop at the left broadly defined at leftists that there's this sense that somehow the left and you hear this all the time but somehow the left has kind of taken over environmental debate and all of the environmental solutions seem like lefty ones and if you're a righty person which of course lots of people are you are more inclined to think bunch of bloody lefties coming over here uh communizing my whatever stealing our capitalism stealing, yeah exactly so is that like it what do we do about the politics of this and is it all the fault of the left uh Help me, Leo. I'm, my question's going on far too long. <laughs> You're still talking. Look, it's 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 a it's a fair fair response to the book, and um, there's a perception that climate change is a left wing interest. And I I I did a poll for the book to test this, and uh, it's the, it, it is indeed the case that people, particularly in the US, it's stronger in America than it is in the UK, but. It's the case in both countries. People think that climate change is an interest of left wing or liberal people more than they think that that other issues are the interests of of left wing and liberal people. Mm. Um, Now, you you raised that you mentioned fault. And I'm very careful that I'm not blaming the left for this. Um, (laughs) That um, this this was very clearly a deliberate strategy by the right in the US to label environmentalism as a left wing conspiracy. And that that this is the consequence of it. There's a perception problem. And we have to tackle that because if climate change is something that is seen as an issue of the left, then people not just who are on the right, but also who are on the centre or who just don't really consider themselves political, they're going to think, well, it's not for me. Um, it's it's not an issue for me. So I think we do have to do something about that. And it's it's slightly sticks in the throat, I, I know, because environmentalists who are often from the left have done all of the work or most of the work in getting climate change onto the agenda. Yeah, exactly. So, so this, is, this, this is not me saying butt out. This is me saying um, we need to make the conversation one that other people can be part of. And we need to amplify voices. Sorry, that's horrible jargon. We need to uh, increase. We might, the, we uh, might klaxon you. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you get, you get a klaxon for that. Then. Now, uh, a, a klaxon is well justified. We need to. Uh, we need to. <laughs> we need to get more people who aren't left wing being heard to talk about climate change. And that can be hard because you can you can do this and. People have done it and and buggered it up and, uh, by uh, making their tent so big that they get people who just don't think that climate change is real and, and it's a mess. But there are plenty of people who are not obviously left wing, who are very, very worried about climate change. And we, and we can have 
much better arguments about what to do about climate change in the media than we're having at the moment. So when the media talk about climate change, they very, very quickly jump to, is it real? Is it not real? Because on the one hand, they've got a bunch of what they see as left-wing environmentalists saying climate change is really bad. On the other hand, they've got a bunch of Inhofs saying, no, it's, it's, it's a joke. It's, it's not real. This is a left-wing conspiracy. We can change that debate. We can, we can uh, provide some cracking arguments that are far more interesting about how we deal with the problem that where you can have, uh, you know what, someone from the left, someone from the centre, it doesn't matter, um, talking about uh, how, how we fix climate change that cuts out any question of whether it's real. It's one of the things we need to do to appeal to right-wing people. And as, of course, as everyone knows, right-wing people only care about themselves. Um, so it's one of the things that we... And left-wing people only care about other people. That's right. So it's one of the things we need to do is to make people worried about themselves, to trigger self-interest, to basically go, climate change is going to come over here and mess up your begonias, right? And if and if we do that, are we not just kind of reinforcing the sort of selfish me, me, me attitude that arguably has got us into this blinking mess in the first place? Mm. Okay, so um, I think... Uh, like, like an annoying undergraduate, I want to challenge the premise of your question first. Oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> which, uh, the, um, and, and, but, I, but, I think, but it's because what you said is the way um, people who talk about public opinion about climate change often frame it, which is to persuade people who aren't yet worried about climate change, we need to talk to the right. Now, that's true, but we don't only need to talk talk to the right. I mean, we could very roughly split it and say the UK public is broadly 30% left-wing, 30% right-wing, and 40% somewhere in the centre or don't know or aren't interested in politics. And we've got at the moment, say, 20 25% of people who are really worried about climate change and really uh, want it seriously tackled. So, you know, it's obvious just from looking at those numbers that this isn't just a matter of talking to the 30% on the right. We also need to be talking to the centre that don't care about politics and a lot of people on the centre left who uh, are really in that category of, I get that it's real, but there are other priorities that, that I want to deal with. So um, I don't think this is just about talking to the right. But then on the, uh, so your specific question of um, do, do we just go back to saying um, climate, climate change is about self-interest and, and stuff, stuff the others? Um, I mean, that, that's a it's a it's a worry. And I'm conscious about about the risk of that. And I talk about that um, at a bit of length in the book, because, you know, it's it's a fair argument that if we if we do that, do that too much, we reinforce the values of selfishness against the values of collectiveness. And uh, that's that's not really helping our own cause. I mean, to be honest, I'm not totally convinced that we, us band of, of climate warriors, ha- have it in our power to shift the values of a whole society. So I'm sort of not totally convinced that that uh, what we do is going to wholly um, change, change everything. Um, but I do think that there is a problem, that if we really, really say climate change is about dealing with what happens to us, and we only need to worry about problems that, that hit us, then at some point we can be hit back with the argument of, well, you know what, the climate is changing or it's changed. It's really bad now. 
let's forget trying to cut emissions and let's now focus entirely on adapting and building up our sea walls and um, you know let's let's stop sending climate aid to Africa and start using the money to improve the Thames barrier or something so that is a risk you're right I, I do think that's that's a problem um, I don't think the answer is to stop talking about self-interest and to to jettison the idea of uh, of appealing to people's fear about what climate change will do to them but I think what we do need to be doing as well is to emphasize that this is a problem that affects everyone and it's a problem for future generations and it's a problem that is going to be most hitting poor people in developing countries and uh, I, w- I would want the argument to build on that that fear and that self-interest to sh- to make sure that you can't talk about dealing with climate change and its effects without talking about what it means in other parts of the world as well. Oh, you! Shut your mouth and look at my wad! Lose your money! This is a journey into money. Do you, in your heart of hearts, think that we... Ultimately, the, the, there's, there has to be an enormous economic kind of revolution to, to fix this. Or do you, do you, and it's a genuine question, do you really think that if, if enough people um, rise up from this apathetic state that, that we can fix it? Yeah, so specifically on the question of dealing with climate change, then I, I, I kind of, and I, I, I do go through this argument in the book and um, um, I've already kind of had, had people questioning whether I sort of, give it enough time. And I think I think it's fair that it's an argument that could go on much longer. But I, I can see a way of uh, cutting emissions enough to avoid uh, dangerous climate change, I mean, and, and even more so avoiding um, disastrous climate change. I can see that happening within a capitalist model. So it does seem possible to me to uh, stop climate change or to make climate change much, much less bad than it could be within capitalism now i know people disagree with that and i know very uh, very thoughtful very well-informed people people who have spent longer looking at looking at some of these questions than i have don't don't agree with me um uh, and i get that if i'm wrong if it is literally impossible to cut emissions enough to avoid disaster within capitalism then it sort of feels like maybe we do have to uh, overthrow capitalism or whatever or you know um, seize the means of production for the sake of climate change but i'm not convinced that that's necessary and the fact that it or my belief that it isn't necessary i think does make it easier to to get more people who are apathetic about it to see that it's something that they can be part of because it just feels honestly we've got to, we've got to be cutting emissions emissions have to be falling in the next three or four years. They've stopped increasing, which is great, but they've got to start falling now and then falling very quickly. If we're waiting on the overthrow of capitalism for that to happen, then I don't think it's going to happen. Then I don't think we're going to stop extreme climate change. So I'm, I really hope that I'm right in thinking that it can be done within capitalism because honestly, I don't see it changing. Leo, so thank you so much for all your time and your large brain. Um, so I got a, a last question for you, really, which is like none of the people, well, all right, okay, maybe some of the people that listen to this podcast have the ability to launch mass communication campaigns aimed at aimed at people who don't agree with climate change. What are we all supposed to do? Like those of us just in our normal lives, we all think climate change is a massive problem. 
What were you supposed to do? What do you want people to do about it? Well, roughly, there's about two people who are apathetic for every one person who is really worried about it. If that one person who's really worried about it puts some effort into uh, talking to their friends, talking to their family, um, you know, people who they're not going to be too embarrassed about, about going out and being sort of too worthy and preachy about about climate change. Um, you know, I mean, and maybe it takes a bit of work to sort of to, to read read up about it and to sort of know the arguments and know how to, to counter the arguments that come back. But that's not hard. There are loads of great places out there that that give give the information in really easy to use formats that uh, can can help 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 you know more. And I think that is the best thing that people who are listening to this or reading the book can uh, can do. Um, you know, if if you're not if you don't have an email list of a hundred thousand people or you're not a special advisor to a, to a government department, then what you can do is help win over just a few people. And if a if you know, if a bunch of people do that, then you know it's not going to be. 20% very worried and 55% not that worried, it's going to be a lot closer. That's a very inspiring way on which to, to finish, uh, Leo. And um, yeah, I was I was astonished then this election, I persuaded a family member to vote a way they weren't intended to vote. And it reminded me that not everyone is as bloody minded as I am. Uh, and there are there are people who are quite open to changing their mind, and so I should go out but and just try. Not and... You. <laughs> yeah, not me. My mind's made up. I'm right about everything. Um, Leo, where um, where can people get your book? Remind us what it's called um, and uh, where they should order it, and perhaps uh, in case they were thinking of ordering it on a nasty place. They, it is called the Climate Majority: Apathy and Action in an Age of Nationalism. It is published by New Internationalist, and this is available from New Internationalist's online store, The Ethical Shop. It is also available from other more evil online retailers. <laughs> should you be so inclined? <laughs> Wonderful stuff, Leo. Thank you so much. Best of luck, and we shall see you very soon. It's great talking to you guys. Bye. 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 that is just about it for another episode of Babble. Thank you of course to the majestic Leo Barassi for giving us all of his time and for writing a very interesting book. Do mm. go and buy it, not from those nasty places. Though. No, buy it from the nice places. Buy, uh, buy the copy that we got. I'll sell it to you. <laughs> what, the, the copy that we got sent for free yes yeah. by that it'll all contribute to the babble uh, thank you as always to the legendary Dickie Moore for the music that starts and ends and intertwinkles this here podcast if you want to get in touch with us you can send us an email at hello at sustainababble.fish <laughs> or you can find us on Facebook just search for Sustainable or tweet us at the Babble Wagon and please 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 give us a lovely five star rating on iTunes or however you get your podcast because it makes a big difference right very good well we shall be back next week wouldn't we all um, and uh, in the meantime I hope you keep yourself keep yourself chipper and don't forget if you see someone on the bus on the way home who looks like they don't care about climate change you just jolly well talk to them <laughs> we'll go and say hi 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 there should we talk about climate change no, I was very. That was an important message from from Leo. We can all make a difference just by talking about stuff. Yeah, well, we we can't, but you I can. Mean, no, no, I mean, you, you and I have proved that we can't make a difference, but other people can. Go off and and, and spread the good news of Babel. 
Bye. Bye. Bye.